Welcome back to the Doing Good Podcast, where we talk to volunteers about their experiences serving their communities. I'm Megan McInnes, your host for this episode. I'm glad you're with us today as we celebrate amazing volunteers, their stories, organizations, and their passion for making a difference. We encourage you to celebrate a volunteer you know and share today's story with someone to hopefully educate or even inspire them to act. Now, on to celebrating those who are doing good. Today, I am so happy to welcome Keisha Felton to talk with her today because she is a woman on a mission. Keisha, tell us what you do as a volunteer and what moves you. As a volunteer, I am running a nonprofit and eventually it will be a paid position. But for right now, it is strictly volunteer. We provide the resources for kids from low-income families to attend summer camp. We just completed the first year of the program, so we're excited about that. And just looking forward to the future. I just want to make sure we are able to impact as many children as we can moving forward. Tell us the name of the organization. Project E3, Enlighten, Educate, Empower. We are uh, based in Nashville, Tennessee. So Project E3. And how on earth, because I heard the three words, enlighten, educate, and empower. So how did you, the founder, come up with those three? Here's a program. Now we let them participate in that program and now they're educated. And so from what they take from that program, they're empowered to do what it is they need to do. And we don't know what they're going to do. We just want to give them the exposure, the opportunity to learn, find out. We might have a rocket scientist in the mix. We might have a pro golfer in the mix. Like we just don't know what we have because we don't know yet. But if we give them exposure to all the different opportunities, let's see what that can grow into. Well, so then tell us, because some of us maybe attended lots of camps as a child and maybe some of us didn't ever and don't understand. So why is it that this is so important and or maybe impactful? The summer, you know, it's eight weeks and they're out of school. So there's a tendency to lose the information they've learned through the school year. So it's an effort to keep them, one, engaged, two, thinking, three, out of trouble, (laughs) and just an opportunity for them to still stay in in contact with friends, meet new friends, have opportunities, just meeting new people, new kids, new adventures, new exposure to different events. And the camps that we've chosen are already in place. It's not something that we've come up with. They're already highly regarded. However, they have a a fee. It could be considered high in most circumstances for $400 a week. As a family, if you don't make a certain amount, you wouldn't be able to send your kids to these camps. And they're great camps. It, it just, if you don't have the resources, you know, it's it's pretty impossible. So we just want to provide those resources so they in turn, the kids can in turn attend camp. Is it fair to say that some of these camps, some are fun and some are more cultural and some are more educational? We have a good mix of all of them. We try to focus on life skills, financial literacy, and an entrepreneurship stream that stem with reading and arts, sports, and travel. 
So there's a good mix where we focus on building the well-rounded or the whole child. You might learn about credit and entrepreneurship ideas, robotics. You might learn how to travel. You might learn how to play golf and swim and tennis. So we just try to touch on camps that are already in place, proven, highly regarded, and available. At that age, they're sponges. So the more we teach them, the more we show them, the more opportunity that we can trigger something that might click, we put them on a trajectory that we couldn't even understand. And so can you give an example, maybe, of a child who Project E3 put through camp and maybe something that child learned? ID Tech is a STEM camp and the energy that these kids had building their robot. When they had the graduation, they were like pulling my hand to come look at their robot. And they were so excited, so excited to show me them operating the robot. And I was like, yeah, this is beyond my understanding. So I'm excited to support them. And another one at Cheekwood, a botanical garden here in Nashville. The excitement, the energy when they leave camp and they're so excited. The parents tell me they're so excited and they can't wait to go back the next day. So it's that kind of interactions, that positive interactions that I want them to have. So I know that we're doing good. Well, and it's amazing because what I'm hearing sounds like a full-time job, but from what I understand, this is all 100% out of the goodness of your heart as a volunteer. I want to put the time in to build the program where it's solid. And in five to seven years, the the processes will be set up and it will be a full functioning nonprofit and we can affect as many kids as possible for the coming years. So here is the question. What moves you to get up every day and to do this volunteerism to benefit all these children who you may not already know, like truly, but I'm thinking there's something, it's not just a matter of you're wanting to work for a nonprofit as a life goal. I think you have a, a, a purpose behind it. And you know, I really can't, it's divine. Honestly, it's divine. I can't even say I set out like, oh, I want to run a nonprofit. Like you said, it just... I had the idea. It came to it came to me several years ago, and I was like, mm, "I'm not doing that. That's too hard. <laughs> that's a lot of work." And then when you research it, you're like, "Oh, that's more work. Oh, and then it's more work." Okay, so I, I kind of put it on the back burner, and I was able to pick it up again when I moved, just relocated back to Nashville because I had been here for years before. And I said, there's, I got to do it. I got to do it right now. And of course, this was last year. So even just getting the paperwork in place, getting the people, you know, a support system in place, because, you know, building a board, number one is the number one thing you have to do. Uh, So I was able to get that done and just slowly over time, like the more no's I got, the more yeses. And I was like, oh, things are working out. Oh, that didn't happen, but something greater happened. It's a constant roller coaster, but I know that these kids deserve it. And although their parents might not be able to give it to them, if we can, if Project E3 can, there's no better feeling than that.
So speaking of Project E3, and I know it's a, I'll say it's essentially a baby nonprofit. You're just getting going. How many children, how many students did y'all serve last year? We had 26. I'm excited. 26. We had Swim America was one of the camps. I think I spoke about that earlier. Natural Freedom Schools, Flower Power. We weren't able to tap into all of them that I want to serve, but as a start, I think it was a a great beginning. The most interesting thing for me, Megan, 93% of the parents that I talked to wanted their kids to learn how to swim or improve their swimming. And we didn't have that many spots. So, and we know moving forward, already working with our Swim America partner, just trying to see how can we get more kids Like, even if we have to push it to starting in the school year, how can we get more kids to learn how to swim and ultimately, say, becoming lifeguards or then learning how to teach the program? There's a process, we know, but just getting the process started right now is our goal. Yes. And two, I think you said earlier that you solely serve low-income It's not at risk or anything else. So what is the process? By being our first summer, we targeted one school. And that way we could see what worked and what didn't work. One of the coordinators at the school sent out the information. And there was a form that the parents could fill out. And they sent it to me. And then from those responses, I went and talked to all the parents. And just to see where they are, where they were, what they thought what camps they would be most interested in. Unfortunately, we didn't have transportation. So most families had to have their own transportation. And moving forward, we would love to offer that. Hopefully at some point in the near future, we'll be able to do that. Well, I have a question for you because you were so giving and so generous with your time, talent, and money even because you have to keep going. Did you start out volunteering as a child? Where did this come from? My first volunteer experiences, I worked for an organization and that was part of our thing, working with junior achievement. So even when I moved from Nashville, I always did volunteer with junior achievement and being back here this time. I left junior achievement and started Project E3, but yes, it started from working at a a job. So we were excited, you know, helping the kids. Well, and you, like to me, I'm hearing that you've consistently been involved on the business education side for nonprofits. So could you explain just in a sentence or two what Junior Achievement is for those who may not know? Junior Achievement is a business and financial literacy curriculum design for age-appropriate curriculums. And for my part of it, I volunteered in the schools. So you are able to pick which age group you're most comfortable with and teach the curriculum. You work with the teacher and come in on their planning times and teach the curriculum. The kids love it too. They're engaged and it it gives them opportunity to step away from schoolwork for just a bit and learn something else. That's terrific. And to me, I see that you started volunteering as a young person. It made an impression You continued, at least to some degree, throughout as a young professional and now continues today. 
yay you because you're doing your thing alone just inspires other people. But what would you tell someone that sees a need just like you saw a need, but maybe he or she is just scared or too nervous to start, doesn't really know how to start, and they just, you know, they wait. What would you suggest or say to them? So the first thing for me was the first step. And that was learning as much as I could through the resources available. So I'd say start with a program, your local community nonprofit organization that has the resources to just help you learn what you don't know. And you don't know until you get in it and realize, oh, I need to do ABC. Okay, how do I learn to do ABC? And then you start meeting other executive directors of nonprofits and they guide you and they lead you and you talk with them. And it's simple as having a cup of coffee and you learn so much from other people and their their journeys, their stories, and they're able to guide you. And from there, you just learn. You just learn and try what works for you. And tell us what works for you with your passion for children. What is it about them? That they love learning. They love the accomplishing and putting them in a position to accomplish anything and watching their excitement when they learn something, do something. is just no better feeling. You just can't, you can't buy it. I keep going and I keep meeting more, more and more people, more kids. Everybody has a program. When I tell them what we're doing, they're like, oh, I got a kid, kids that would love that. So the the need is there. I've been able to partner with other nonprofits and they get it. They get it. And they're on the same page with me. Before we part today, are there any last minute thoughts, any words of wisdom, maybe a story that you could share with us that we should remember about you, about Project E3 and about your passion for helping kids and helping children attend camp? Okay, I would say just help. If it's not Project E3, and I love Project E3, help a kid. You know, we say it all the time. However you can show up, do that. That's it. Just show up for somebody else. We can all do that, right? It doesn't have to be hours. It can be 30 minutes, 15 minutes. Just show up. Just show up. Keisha Felton, I am so excited you showed up today. I appreciate it, Megan. We thank you for all you do and for all the lives you touch. You're creating and allowing opportunities that, frankly, will change your lives. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, thank you. And for anybody who might be interested in Project E3, where can they find them online? Project-E3.org on Facebook. Check us out. Instagram. Twitter, LinkedIn, all the things were there. And with love, time, talent, or treasures. Outstanding. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Doing Good Podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe or rate us on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Doing Good TV. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit. Please donate to support this podcast and more via the donate button on our website, doinggood.tv. Together, 
but celebrate those who are doing good.